So it's uh, two slices, or one, depending on how much you want, of white Irish bread, loads and loads of butter, and then you dump the bag of cheese and onion, potato crisps in the sandwich, smush them all up and put the um, other slice of bread on top, and that is it. Don't cut it, don't do anything else fancy to it. That's um. it, just eat it <laughs> and enjoy it. I have heard of people using doing horrible things like putting mayonnaise and cheese and other horrible things on crisp sandwiches, and there's no, it doesn't need it. It's still butter. Butter and good Irish bread. It's all you need. That's all you need. Yeah. Yeah, it's very good. It's very, very good. That's now becoming a staple at Irish weddings as well at the end of the night to be given a little gift pack with a packet of crisps and two slices of white Irish bread and your little butter. I don't know if you go to an Irish wedding, you start coming across them, but they're like these little gift bags that you get at the end of the night because that's what people want when they're drunk and they're or, or they're hungover. So <laughs> give me the carbs. Yeah. Bread, potatoes. Salt, it's all butter. <laughs> yeah. Bad Irish. Yeah, butter. that's salty Kerrygold. butter. <laughs> yeah. mm. Shout out to Kerrygold. Sponsor us. Um. <laughs> Fizz. Buzz. Fizz Buzz. Hi, I'm Stacy. And I'm Mo. And this is Fizz Buzz Podcast. So, what a day we have for you today. Oh, it's a big day. So we are joined by a wonderful guest, dear listener. You are very lucky to be so hearing her excited. dulcet tones. Our guest. very <laughs> dearest friend and colleague, Aoife Hannigan. And we are so excited to have her as our second FBP BFF. So welcome, Aoife, and thank you for uh, being here. Yeah, no, thank you for having me. As I was saying to you, I feel very, very privileged to be here, and I'm really, really excited to do this and be part of it, because I'm very, very proud of the podcast, and I've been listening from day one, so uh, I'm very happy about its journey. I know, she's yeah. been here from the beginning. Well, we're honoured that you would even take the time to listen to us. Oh, no, I absolutely love it. Um, so, right. So, as we have been doing in our interviews... We really want to get to know you a little bit better and introduce you to our audience. So we're going to do a few rapid fire questions. So first thing that comes to mind is what we want to hear. No thinking, just boom. Yeah. Okay. And we'll start (laughs) off easy and then get really difficult. (laughs) (laughs) Great. Right. So uh, what's your favorite color? Purple. How do you like your coffee? Uh, cappuccino would be my favourite, um, but I like it if I was to make it myself. Just regular black coffee with a dash of milk. Mm. No sugar. Very good. What's your horoscope sign? Pisces. Pisces? Same. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We've talked about this before. We have two Pisces on the show. Interesting. It's a Pisces kind of show. Pisces yeah. love to be interviewed. Yeah. <laughs> we just love to talk about ourselves. Yeah. Same. Same. So tell me, what is your first programming language? Um, the first programming language definitely was C and then C Sharp. That was my first ones that I did in first year in college. Don't miss them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what's your favorite hobby? Um, 
I don't like I love reading like that's definitely one and I f- feel like it, it's a hobby but it's also like a guilty indulgence and I don't feel like I allow myself enough of it but it's definitely my favourite thing to do my favourite way to unwind and my idea of a great holiday is just sitting on the beach and reading a very very good book <laughs> are you reading anything good right now? Uh, no I actually just finished a book it was a very cheesy corny romance novel actually called book lovers but i actually would recommend it but it was just it was my in between heavy books i I like a lot of like thrillers and mysteries and a lot of other different types of genres so i sometimes i just like to break it up and read something easy and sweet yeah Yeah. (laughs) this is actually going to be a semi-great segue so if you could go anywhere in the world where would it be um I think I'd go back to Vietnam. Um, I was very privileged to take a career break very early on in my career. (laughs) Um, And I went traveling for four months and one of the countries that I went to was Vietnam. And I absolutely fell in love with it from the people to the food to just the scenery. It was just absolutely amazing. And if I could talk about it all the time, I would. But yeah, I'd go back there in a heartbeat. Okay, so finally, would you rather vomit on your hero or have your hero vomit on you oh (laughs) see this is like a double-edged sword because i vomit at the sight of vomit or the smell of it so if my hero wants to vomit on me i would just in turn vomit on them so i might as well just get it out of the way and vomit on them first and then maybe they'll vomit on you (laughs) they're like that but like i i wouldn't i have two younger sisters and and growing up like i'd always help my mom so if if one of them was sick like be cleaning up and it was just always more of an ordeal because i would just vomit if i saw vomit or smelt it i just i just have obviously a weak stomach when it comes to it so yeah no i'll I'll take the vomiting on my hero quick question we're we're moving into the um irish corner and 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 everybody, all of our listeners know how much we love Ireland, and and you were born and raised in Dublin. Mm-hmm. Um, but something that um, we find very interesting is uh, the spelling of your name. Mm-hmm. And do you do you get that a lot? I do. Funnily enough, yeah. I, it's, just, yeah. it's been a source of. I feel comedy everywhere I've gone in the world and anyone who visits me I've um another thing a lot of my family lived in Boston for a, a number of years um and so I've family still over there so I've a lot of uh, American cousins and uncles and aunties who love to slag the pronounce, pronunciation of my name. <laughs> yeah. So it is, it is difficult, I won't lie, like A-O-I-F-E. And so in America, they always pronounce it A-O-F-E. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I've gotten like AFA or AFI. Um, and one time when I was working in the Netherlands, uh, I was called OIF. And that was probably, <laughs> that was probably the worst because at the time they were saying my name and I didn't realise that's what they were saying. And they were kind of trying to get my attention. They kept saying oif. And I was like, like what is what are they <laughs> what trying are they to say? <laughs> and then it dawned on me that they they were saying my name. And yeah. And I stupidly as well, I was an intern at the time, told all the other interns and that about this story. Of course, that was then my name for the rest of the internship. And yep. yeah, I had to be called it. So. Of course. <laughs> Forever known as oif. As oif. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So do you know the Irish meaning of a name? Yeah. So uh, it's, it's in English, it would be Eve or Eva. Um, but the, I can't remember the exact trans, the exact strength or story behind it, but there is an Irish um, myth or legend. And then Aoife was the wife of 
a very famous Irish legend that I can't remember the name of now. But uh, yeah, that that's kind of the uh, main. But it's a beauty, uh, and there's a lot of other lovely words to describe the name. But the English translation is Eve or Eva. So that's how I always tell people if they're wondering how to pronounce my name is say Eva, and then just replace the V with an F, and then Eva. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Aoife. Beautiful, oh, yeah. beautiful Aoife. <laughs> so on that note then, I suppose, like, what's your favourite thing about Ireland? So I'm going to split this into two parts on like a very deep level and then a not so deep level. Uh, totally. So I'll go deep level. is definitely family, as like my other answers have kind of led to. Um, I have gone travelling and I've lived in a couple of different countries now and I found I get incredibly, incredibly homesick. And it's not something I ever thought I would do when I was younger and I was going to college. I was like, I'm going to leave, I'm going to go off, I'm going to go to America or I'm going to go to Asia or I'm going to do something. And every time I left, I would be crippled with homesickness and I was just missing my family. And I just knew I needed to be close to them because if there was something going on, whether it be a birthday or some family celebration, I just needed to be home and I wanted to be there. And so my family are definitely my favourite thing about Ireland and just being close. And I think a lot of Irish families do feel that way as well. Um, so yeah, I just really love being there. And then the people as well. Like I think when you meet another Irish person abroad, you instantly feel home as well. So it's a really nice thing. I found I would gravitate to other Irish people when I, like when I was living in the Netherlands. I'd never played camogie in my life in Ireland, but I went to the Netherlands and I joined a camogie team. Just to, <laughs> <laughs> or to, yeah, so just just to be just to be close to to people, and uh, yeah, I really really loved it. Um, and on a very not so deep level, my guilty pleasure is crisps. I love crisps mm. and nowhere in the world does crisps like Ireland do crisps. Tatoes? So, ta- I love tatoes, but it's the variation. Like you get like your meanies and your hot lips mm, and meanies, all, yeah. all those sort of like really cheap, like school tuck shop crisps. Like they're great. And when you're away, I really miss them. So yeah. So what would be your favorite flavor of crisp? <sighs> okay. Like, st- like... I'd go with like a staple of salt and vinegar, like as in like that. But that's sort of like I also look like because I love meanies. It's obviously I love the pickled flavors. Pickled yeah, yeah. So I I wouldn't say I have a flavor, but I I do love tato. But it wouldn't be my I oh I'm dying for a bag of crisp. I'll I'll reach for tato. So I guess let's talk about what today's subject is going to be about, which is mentorship. mentorship. So first of all, Aoife, could you tell us who you are and what you do? Um, so yes, as you know, my name is Aoife. Um, I'm currently an engineering manager in Forest Salon Software, which is why I know the lovely Mo and Stacey. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I started in Forest March of 2021. Um, and I started as a senior front-end engineer because I had been a tech lead before and I'd done basically a split between senior engineering and people management and during the pandemic that was really really tough not going to lie and I was like I need a break from the people side of things for a while and just go back into coding and so I went into just a senior front-end role I'd heard a lot about Forrest uh, and I've been following them online for a while and really liked their mission and what they were doing and what they were all about and they're just their their values and their culture for engineering in particular so um I was very happy to get the opportunity to interview and then to get the job was obviously a huge bonus. And then a couple of months in, the opportunity came up to delve more into people management again. It was a bit sooner than I anticipated, but you kind of, when these opportunities can come up, you can't just really let them go by because you don't know when they're going to come up again. So I just took it and I became fishing engineering manager in December of 2021. And yeah, here we are. (laughs) Here we are. And 
is it everything you expected it to be? Yeah, it is. Like, I really, really love it. I feel very home at home in Forest. Um, I've been in other companies before where I, th- I thought that was the way, and then you go to somewhere else, and you're just like, this is this is even better. And for me, I feel Forest has been the best move of my career so far. I'm very happy here with the work that we're doing um, and the people that I'm working alongside. I'm very, very happy about it. And yeah, yeah every day is... Uh, really well every day is really fun but most days are really really fun there's hard days of course like any job but uh, yeah I really really love it yeah yeah I can say the same for for me to you (laughs) (laughs) um so I guess diving into the theme we're curious uh what does mentorship mean to you yeah so like I think mentoring is so important and it's obviously vital at the early stages of your career um like if I was to describe mentoring, it's about giving support to someone who might be ever so slightly junior than you or even at, at a peer level or someone who just wants to learn from you and you have that knowledge that you can share with them and give them guides to get to the place where they want to be. Or And um, it comes in many different shapes of forms and I'm sure we'll dive into them later of what, what mentoring is, but it really is just kind of advocating for a person and supporting them to reach their goals based on your knowledge and your experiences um and i think everyone can have a different understanding of mentoring over an understanding of what is because there's always the confusion between is coaching mentoring or mentoring coaching the same thing there's lots of different ways uh, it can be done but uh and everyone's journey to understanding what mentoring is because someone can start out very early in their career and get great mentoring and kind of be like this is the norm wasn't the wasn't the same for my journey i feel I really value mentoring now because I didn't get that early in my career and now Mm -hmm. I'm like really understand the value of it and if you get it early on it's so um important in shaping someone's career and the impact that you can have like one person can have on another person's life and career yeah that's I think it's important Yeah. yeah so you know you have that empathy of like not always having that and so a part of that is saying, okay, I want to make sure to try to make a difference in other people because you know how challenging and difficult it was to be growing in your career without that mentorship. Definitely. Like, so if I was to go back to my first career, I, I, st- I started off as an application support engineer. And then I, after that, I moved into front end. And that's where I knew I wanted to be from when I was studying college to being an application support engineer. It was kind of like front end was always something that really, really interested me. And I knew though that I didn't know anything. (laughs) I like, some people can come out of college and feel like they know it all. I knew straight out, I don't know anything and I need to learn. And I wanted someone to teach me and bring me on on that road. And that was kind of my expectation coming out of college is like, I've got the, the bare bones and the foundations, but I need to kind of be really taught how to hone my craft. And I was put on a team when I first moved into front-end engineering with another senior, two senior engineers. And it was just very unfortunate that one of them decided to uh, hand in their notice two weeks after I joined the team and the other one moved back to their home country as well. So I wasn't getting, I was basically landed as a junior front-end engineer with the responsibilities of two senior engineers. And um, like a lot of people find this in their career where they're just getting a lot of pressure piled on it, but I had no one reviewing my code or telling me if what I was doing is right and I was just trying to like see just figure it out throw stuff at the wall and (laughs) see what works and it was very very stressful of coming out of college and there was other teams in the company and I knew the code that I was submitting was not good I knew it but um 
instead of helping me, I knew I could, uh, like, even in the office, could hear people talking and being like, this is a lot of crap. Who let this by? Who or who wrote this code? Like, this sort of stuff. Where I, where I was like, sitting there being like, come over and tell me what I'm doing wrong and teach me how to do it rather than gossiping and, and giving out. And there was one time when I accidentally took down production, which I think is a rite of pas- passage that everyone has to do. I've done it. And I, <laughs> Not at first, but... <laughs> I was, but I was, it was like my first, I, I, I don't think, I wasn't even when I was in front end, I was an application support engineer. And I, yeah, I accidentally left in some uh, PHP commenting thing that basically went once deployed to production. It didn't work. And I had submitted this code for pull, uh, for peer review. I went home that day. I didn't think it was going to get deployed. I came in the next day. No one had, re- someone had just reviewed or basically approved my code out looking at it. It went in, took down production and it got dubbed an EFA. Don't do an EFA on it. Oh, <laughs> oh basically no. don't take down production. So you're fresh out of college, you accidentally take down production. Now they're dubbing it as don't do an EFA on it. And what my probably biggest learning at that point and, and something I always take on now is as a leader and as being someone's mentor, even if it's the other person that did something wrong, you as a leader have to take the responsibility and ownership and say, do you know what, that was my fault. Even even if you've no part to play in it, if it's like you're there to protect that person and obviously to continuously boost their morale and boost it because they are want you want them to stay in the screen, you want to see them grow and, see, and if I what I would have needed at that point in time, say someone to come to me and say, don't worry, it happens to everyone. Everyone has to take down production at some point. This is your moment. Don't worry about it and move on and forget about it. And that's what should have happened. And it's all these sort of experiences that have happened over my career that I realized the importance of, of mention because I didn't get it. I got it later in my career. And that's when I realized, ah, this is what, if I had this at the very start, where would I be now? Like mm-hmm. I've, I've grown in the seven or eight years at this point that I've been in software engineering. But imagine I had that mentorship from day the one. The beginning. Yeah, yeah. Where would I be now? So... So what kept you going in the beginning? The beginning? Well, I left that company. (laughs) 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 For obvious reasons. Um, uh, Look, they're great people, but it just wasn't a fit for me. And I ended up going to an even smaller company. um, And I ended up being the only person on a team, which at the time I kind of looked back and I'm like, was that really what I wanted or what I needed? But I, I just knew at that point I needed a change. And... The company that I went to was starting a new team. It was focused on front end. I was going to be working in Angular. I knew I'd been working in PHP, was sick of it. I wanted to work in, an, in a modern uh, front end framework. And uh, this was going to be the opportunity. And what it was really great is I got to be really, really creative in that role and worked very, very close with the managing director of the company to kind of shape this new um, web app that they were developing. So for me, it was just like, okay, I knew I needed to change. I knew we needed to move on to, to greener pastures and try something new. And, but at that time even in that company I didn't have a mentor or someone reviewing my code but what I got to be able to do was hire people into the team and what I, the one thing I learned is hire people that are smarter than you because then they're going to review your code and it's, so it's all about kind of saying I know what I know but I know that so many other people know more and so it's about building up that team that can can challenge you and make you better so I, we, I got to be a part of interviewing some amazing people and helping shape them then they taught me so much um and that was really really good so just yeah it's it's finding basically figuring out what doesn't suit you pushing yourself into something new trying something new and then surrounding yourself with people who can help you and and challenge you so even though they're not your mentors they're helping you in 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 some other ways and if there is a form of mentoring because if they were reviewing my code or doing code reviews that's mentoring and they're kind of 
being what about this or trying this and it's not intentional mentorship but it is it's mentoring in its own right yeah yeah that's great um good people know good people yeah good people know good people and i think you're dead right because um one thing i'm probably gonna butcher who actually said this quote but i think it might be einstein or one of the one of the real smart people who do math um, <laughs> um, so it's kind of like um, everyone you meet is an opportunity to learn something new because everyone you meet knows something you don't exactly mm-hmm. yeah and it's it's also recognizing as well in yourself that you know something that's that someone else doesn't know and that can be a real boost of kind of like okay you know you know something I don't know and I know something you don't know we can help each other here uh. yeah but now that you're you're on the top, you're the cream of the crop, you're an engineering <laughs> manager, like, you know, um, do you have a mentor now? Yes, I do. Um, obviously, JD, who's been a friend of the pod before. Yeah, he's obviously my boss, my manager in Forest. Um, and at this point in time, he's definitely uh, a mentor for me and helping to shape my career and point me in the right direction, make sure that I'm doing the right things and just to keep challenging me um and that's what I need and it's you need that constant reassurance that you're going in the right direction obviously when the higher you go up in terms of engineering as well you need you need to be able to recognize it in yourself but you still need that kind of acknowledgement of like yeah don't you're doing the right thing you're on the right path and throwing new challenges at you and you can't just be doing the same same thing and you're gonna you're gonna continue making mistakes and uh, have, have to continue learn them so JD at the moment is obviously an, an inspiration his podcast that he did with Hughes was very inspirational as well so learning from him but I'm so lucky as well that we have a great team of engineering managers in in Forest that I get to learn from too and when I was managing in a previous role I was I wasn't there was one other manager but they were more tech focused and so I was kind of the main manager leading people initiatives and kind of that sort of process and again I didn't have anyone to learn from I was just doing my own research and kind of bouncing ideas off people and kind of seeing what worked but now I get to learn from incredibly experienced managers and incredibly experienced engineers and learn from them learn what they've tried and what what they've done and so for me again it's unintentional mentorship but I, everything they do and everything they share with me is is mentoring for me so I feel very very privileged to have that at the moment and it's something I, Forest is the biggest company I've been in so far in my career and so I get to turn myself even more intelligent and more smart people and I feel very yeah I feel very privileged to have that at the moment yeah I agree and I I feel like that must be so gratifying to you know be able to support people and watch them grow and like their wins are your wins yes you know Mm -hmm. and it's a very difficult thing as an engineering manager and a question that comes out a lot is how do you measure success as an as a manager because success as a, a software engineer is so easy to easy to see and to visualize of like if you think that simple gratification of moving a jira ticket to the done column that's amazing like it's such a great feeling or getting that pull request merged is like yes they're just these boosts of morale um and as engineering as an engineering manager it's it's different it's, it can be a build-up over time and it your successes are your team moving those tickets to done in the dear or, or your team merging those pull requests that's success to you and it's trying to recognize that and kind of because you've grown up as a as an engineer yourself that's what you've recognized as your success. So it's kind of like you have to change that that mindset. And um, obviously other things that are successes are like the retention of your staff. And 
as being mentoring your staff is obviously if you're doing a good job mentoring them and seeing them grow they're going to stick with you and stay with the company as well so that's a big measure of success is your team staying with you uh for the long run like come on guys yeah <laughs> we're, we're, we're gonna continue going it's like herding sheep it's like, yeah but a lot harder i feel like herding cats maybe yeah. <laughs> that's what i always say it's like engineers are like cats and they'll do what you want or not and just leave for days at a time yeah as, as, as an engineering manager you just have to trust that if you give them the right tools and guide them in the right direction that they're going to do it it's not always going to work that way and sometimes it can be very hard that like okay maybe this person isn't the right fit for the company that you're in or not the right fit to be mentored or managed by you and that's okay sometimes that happens and it's it's recognized but as long as you try and you feel like you've exhausted every avenue of like different approaches to to mentoring and some people are really hands-off and they just want more like like here's an area i want to explore go do it whereas other people are much more hands-on of, of wanting more details step-by-step guides of why not try this first and want daily check-ins or weekly check-ins and stuff like that so it's very diff- different styles but if, as long as you've exhausted all the avenues and then if you, then it comes to it and you're like nope look it didn't work it's just kind of saying okay and you just have to kind of move on it's a very difficult thing to say but uh it's something that will crop up in your career and as long as you can move on from it and uh they'll go out they'll either go off to another manager or go off to another team entirely and they'll probably grow with someone else um and it's just they'll find what what fits or what suits them yeah and and i mean that must be tough because i have a, a problem with wanting everybody to like me and that's just not possible mm-hmm. and i used to want to like everybody as well and then when I didn't like someone, which doesn't happen too often, to be <laughs> but like, uh, I remember like, it just, there was like this conflict cause like, I just wanted there to be liking in all different directions. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's just things and people don't always gel and that's okay. And it's actually a lot easier to recognize when that doesn't happen for, for all the different parties, but it can be tough. It can be <laughs> tough. And it's like, you'd like to think that like everyone you manage is your friend and it's it's not. And if that's wrong, like that is wrong. <laughs> and if you think that way, then you're, you're doing it wrong. It's like, I like to think that I hope that everyone that I, if I have a respect for the person that they'd have a respect back for me. And I think that's the best you can ask for as a starting point is just that mutual respect for each other. And I think that's that understanding of like, as a manager, we want the best for the people that we are managing and we really want to see them grow and if you as a someone who is being managed don't feel that make sure you're voicing it and kind of saying like okay this current approach isn't it's not suiting me uh, my my style is I'd actually like less one-to-ones and more kind of like written communication versus other people who like I know I want to I want to chat to you every day just but if whatever suits you make sure you voice it and and I think it's just acknowledging that like we're there to help you and if you want to grow like use us like we, we will help you get to where you want to go but if if you put up that barrier and you just don't like me for whatever reason it's fine I don't care but still just tell me what you need from me as a manager and I will I will help you um but I won't, I won't, like some people obviously you get on with, you gel with, you have that bond with differently, but it doesn't mean you won't try for uh, someone else that you manage any, any more or any, any less. Everyone gets an equal, equal share. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Across all, all peeps. <laughs> mm-hmm. Across the board. So, um, I guess one thing we'd like to know is, um, has there been something that you've struggled with in your career? And 
could you tell us more about like the point when it clicked mm-hmm. and was like mentorship involved at all or? Yeah, I mean, to take a step back and just not management related at all is I used to really struggle with public speaking. I still do a little bit and I still, I think a lot of people do. I get uh, very anxious of it and the jitters and the adrenaline rush that all comes with it. And um, But before I would have very much just not put myself in the situation where where it had to happen. I just was like no I won't do it and in a previous company I had and it's someone who uh, really shaped my career was there was a scrum master in my previous role and he uh his name is Fred I'll happily say his name he's he had a very very big impact on on me and he knew I was really into um, people and process management and we had great conversations um, just about agile in general, how teams are working, all that sort of stuff. And one day uh, he just turned to me and he goes, I've signed you up for a conference. And I was oh, just no. like, what? <laughs> I'd never spoken at a meetup. I'd never done a tech presentation. Uh, I'd obviously presented at like sprint demos and I'd done some quite light things. Um, but no, he just threw me in head first. And at the time I was really pissed off because I was just like, what are you, what are you doing? Like, you're not leading me in gently. Um, but I think what was the turning thing for me is like, he believed in me at a time when I didn't believe in myself. And I think that's mm-hmm. a very important thing as a mentor is that you are always, you need to believe in that person that they can achieve it before they recognize them in themselves. And so the topic I was doing is I, I had been doing an experiment across the company around doing expanding retrospectives outside the engineering and development team. And we'd run some offsites with the rest of the company and kind of like, can we involve marketing and sales and everyone into, into like kind of quarterly retrospectives and what are the actions that come out of it? So for me, it was taking like something that's very much an agile process and, and iterating it across the departments of the company and something I felt very passionate about. And he knew I felt passionate about it and I could speak quite well in it. So rather than ask me, do you want to do it? Which he knew I would have said no. Because he knew I just wasn't a fan of public speaking and it's not something I enjoyed. Um, But he just signed me up and told me, this is the date and this is when you're doing it. (laughs) No ifs. No buts. buts. I I tried to be like, no. And he was just like, no, it's it's done. And... uh, but it was very, very, very formal because I did it and it went really, really well. And I was very, very proud of myself, obviously, that I did it. And uh, But it made me realise that like you just need to push people out of their comfort zone because they won't push themselves all the time. You obviously get some people who are very, very driven and, and will do it themselves. But as a mentor, it's important to kind of keep giving opportunities to the people that you're mentoring. And that's like, that's how you know, you know, if, if the person that you're mentoring thinks that they did it themselves, even though you kind of, you had that in your head the whole time, but and you led them there, mm-hmm. it, it almost feels more meaningful to them because they're like, oh, wow, I I did that all on my own. Exactly. Even though they really didn't. But that's okay. <laughs> they don't need to know that. No, and that's another measure of success. If that's what you in your head knew that you wanted them to do and they did it, you're like, yes, I I, <laughs> I guided them to, and I coached them to go. Or it could be, they could come out with something completely different. But if they're, su- they're successful and they're winning and they're happy, that's, that's all you all you need and if they didn't go down that avenue then you're like maybe I'll have a think why didn't they do that and you can ask them questions be like okay you found the solution to that but you can ask them afterwards how come you didn't think about this or what do you think about this and then they could give you an answer of I don't know it just wasn't suited or it wasn't the path I chose to take and well, that's good enough and, uh, yeah 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 because the mentor always needs to have a mentee yeah and the mentee always needs to have a mentor 
you should Something be con- like that. yeah you should be continually mentored and like even when you get to the co- top of the career ladder you need to be looking for someone else well who else is going to challenge me so you need to look for externally and kind of see who else out there could I could be my mentor and it doesn't have to always be someone who's in the company with you um you can you can look outside of it and it's a really great way to get an ex- or it's a really good thing to get an external mentor because they're not going to be conscious or aware of the office politics or what other things are going on like the finer details of the team they're only looking and focused on your growth and your challenges and they'll just be giving some some ideas uh, focused on that and taking all the finer details away from it so it's really really good because it just puts everything into a fresh perspective so I find if if you if you can't if you don't have that mentor in your company currently and you don't feel if you've tried and haven't found it then then look outside and um attend meetups and chat to people who are like-minded or lots of lots of coaches on LinkedIn and stuff like that that you can reach out to or just reach out to your wider network and just kind of say I'd really like to get mentored and folk this is where I want to go does anyone know anyone who'd be interested in, in mentoring me or coaching me and uh, generally you'll find someone who will come forward because uh, not everyone gets to do coaching or mentoring in their role every day so it might be a great opportunity for someone else who wants to be a mentor and they get the opportunity to grow too yeah I think that's good. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. No. <laughs> that was a joke. You can put your eggs wherever you want them. Yeah. <laughs> Spread them out. Well, I think that um, this is a good segue, but uh, I, I think I can speak for Stacy and I that you are one of our mentors and we greatly appreciate having you in our lives and our careers and are such a support yeah we always joke that like i'm like the latest iteration of mo so like i'm a year behind her but we think you are like the year above mo so it's like a relay of like you passed on to mo who passes down to me so in sense like you're my grand mentor Well, now I really feel old. <laughs> Even though we was, we're all the same age. Yeah. Just like, you know. I have a couple of months on this. Yeah, 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 yeah. But still, time time doesn't matter where you are. It's, it's We're all on different paths. All on different paths, exactly. But, mm. like, you know, it's I think it goes to show, like, how for mentorship, like, your influence on Mo also influences me. So it's like your reach goes beyond the people who you're directly working with as well. That's so nice to hear. And I am blushing internally, not that anyone can see, but it, it is so nice to hear. And I really, really do appreciate it. And I'm like so proud of Mo. Like, uh, and getting to mentor you and, and see you grow over the last 18 months has been absolutely amazing. And obviously, getting to, I don't get to work with you as closely, Stacey, but if I am going to have an effect, I. I don't really believe it, but I, mm. but thank you. Well, for you saying. Should. <laughs> um, but no, and we did. We got to do some coding a couple of months ago, and we should probably get back to doing a little bit more of that. And oh, yeah. yeah, I totally have a for it. But that's the whole thing: is like you can mentor anyone; doesn't need to be on your direct team. So, um, very, 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 very blessed. Yeah, yeah. I really am. <laughs> it is a leading by example is probably one of the biggest things that you need to do as a mentor and and to be a leader in a company if like if they have a certain set of values or a certain set of principles that you are living and breathing them every day because if if you're not doing that then you're not a great example for the rest of the company if if you know you have influence you should make sure that you're influencing in the right way and influencing to the best 
impact for the company or what that what that company needs at the time and so like Forrest has a very strong set of values so we have we have to live by them and if you don't agree with them there's kind of always time to challenge but I think another thing as leaders like I always always say is there's time to disagree and challenge but after a while and if there's a consensus and if there's a majority rule you just have to disagree and commit and move on and kind of say this is the way it is I'm going to accept it but what you can't go away is go back to your team and can, holding on to that sort of no I don't agree with it because if the wider company does and the wider team does agree with it you have to accept it and if you want to stay at the company you have to lead by kind of saying okay I don't really agree with it maybe I'll take some time to learn and figure out why this is the way we do things and even if after that longer time you still don't believe it maybe it's it's not the right the right fit for you but for the other people on your team it's important that they see that you believe in the mission of the company and that the direction that it's going and even if you feel inward differently if you've had your opportunity to challenge it and it what like everyone else agrees with the mission but you don't then you just kind of have to kind of say okay move on they don't agree with me but this is what they all read therefore it must be the best thing for the company and for the team so mm-hmm. i'll accept it and lead in that way what are the values that you deem most important when mentoring others um okay that's a good question um so listening i think is probably one of the most important things is listen more than you talk if you're talking more, there is an issue. Uh, I think sometimes at the start, you have to talk more to get them to come out of their bubble or if they're shy or if they don't really know what how mentoring works. Um, but over time, you should be talking less and less and listening more and be asking more open-ended questions. Um, and then another one, which I kind of went on before, is like believing in a person. Like if you want to mentor them, it's like, you have to have that confidence early on to believe that what you're setting out to achieve that they can do. Um, if you were kind of looking at them early on and kind of saying, oh, I'm not so sure if they can do that, they're going to feel it. And they're going to feel that you're not committed to getting them to where they want they want to be. So it's, yeah, listening to them, having the confidence in them early on. Um, and then also kind of understand that as a mentor, you don't know it all and um, you mm. need to be actively learning if they're coming to you with a goal that you've never mentored on or never um, had to have, you don't have life experiences to lean on. Um, you need to go and do some research and you need to do some reading up and you need to, need to make sure you get yourself those experiences. And then it's being honest with, with the person as well. Like if you, if they're asking for something from you as a mentor that you can't do, it's okay to kind of say, do you know what? I actually don't know. And I might not be best place to mentor you. And so you might be able to recommend someone else to them. So I think honesty is, is very, very big in, in many other areas. And then I suppose lastly is probably feedback, which is really hard. Giving mm. feedback, receiving feedback as well is, 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 a, is a hugely important skill that every engineer needs to have. Um, and it comes in many forms, whether it be on a pull request or if it's some feedback that's given during a 360 review or just, just some off the cuff feedback that you get from your manager in, in a one to one. Receiving that well is so important. So it's a skill giving feedback and you need to put some time into it before you give it. And like there's that whole shit sandwich thing like that we learned very early on is don't do that don't tell them a good thing and then a bad thing and then a a good piece of feedback because it's not going to be well received so it's like that skill of giving feedback is is a very hard one to learn but one that just needs to take 
more, more and more practice. Um, but it's definitely the most important thing because if you don't give someone feedback and kind of give them negative feedback, they're not going to improve. So if you keep telling them they're doing great, but they're not doing great, then they're not going to grow. So mm-hmm. it's, it's feedback is hard and they're going to be the hardest days when you have to deliver hard feedback. And it can be very, very draining. It can be like, it's kind of be quite emotional because you could be feel like obviously very close to this person you really really like them and sometimes you can be very fearful of if I give them this negative feedback what are they going to do are they going to stay are they going to run are they going to jump ship and but you just have to do it and rip the band-aid off and kind of say you need this to grow and whether you accept it and receive it in the way I intend you to do is totally up to you but as long as you put in the effort to make sure that you deliver that feedback uh, in as best as way as possible to the best of your skill set then that's all, all you can do but so yeah so I think I said listening giving feedback believing in the person and now I can't remember the last one honesty but honesty yes <laughs> yeah that was I was like that was a good one yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, very strong values to have um so then I guess like if you had to give yourself um a piece of advice like you know when you're first starting out in your career what would you say to yourself Get a, get a mentor. <laughs> like, <laughs> if because I realized in my career I wasn't getting it internally. I need. I should have been looking externally. Um, that's one thing I'd look. I'd look to get straight away and just kind of. It's great to have someone who's on your team and looking out for you and wanting your success. Um, is really really important. And then also just kind of look and be like, it's just kind of being like saying you'll be okay. And because there was points in my career where I did feel like giving up. I was just like, maybe software engineering isn't for me. I told you I went to that career break. That was a point in my career where I was just like, I was so stressed all the time, like really stressed. And I was taking work home with me seven days a week and it wasn't it wasn't a good place. And so I'd kind of look and be like telling yourself to not take life so seriously and things are always going to work out. And really that while the work that you're doing is important, your life is so much more important and like Mm -hmm. the people who are in your life and making sure you're giving them the time versus work because work will always be there. You should, what's the whole saying? Like you should be working to live, not living to work. And there was definitely points in my career where I was living to work and it was, I look back and I really regret it. So it's, uh, yeah, just believe, yeah, just kind of saying to yourself that it'll all be okay. And yeah, because I feel like for a while you really had to be your own mentor. Like we all kind of have to do that to an extent, but you know, that you kind of had to find that for yourself where, you know, if you find a mentor early, then someone else can can support you and saying, as he said, no, go, go do your thing. Don't spend so much time thinking about work or, Mm -hmm. you know, this is how, this is the hard feedback you need to grow. And yeah. And and, and sometimes recognize when someone wants to be your mentor, they might, they might not have recognized themselves, but if someone is rooting for you and wants to help you, but you don't have that established mentor mentee relationship, be like, Oh, these, this person's really, really nice and seems to have a keen interest. Maybe I'll reach out and kind of see if they want to be my mentor or just making sure you're giving yourself more opportunities to be close to them. Because that same guy, Fred, who was my previous mentor, was a big push for me for why I actually got into people management is in my previous career, this opportunity opened for a tech lead and I was only in the company six months <clears throat> and I didn't believe myself at all. I was like, I'm not going. I didn't even think of applying. It didn't even cross my mind to apply. And basically the applications were coming to a close to, for that internal application. And he came up to me and was like, why haven't you applied for this? And I was just like, 
I don't can't do it. It's, I'm not here for months. He was like, oh, tenure doesn't matter. It's about like who you who you are and your values and kind of what you can bring to the role. And I just I hadn't even thought about it and again in myself like that I would be eligible for it. And at that point, we didn't have an establishment mentee relationship that was actually probably the starting point of it but then I was like you kind of just kind of like oh look sure I'll just throw my hat in and see how it goes and I got it and I like at the time I still couldn't believe that I got it but uh, it was really great and that's when it started of like our our, our mentor mentee relationship and uh, but yeah it was kind of recognizing at that point in time I was like he's not saying this for the good of his health he obviously believes me so if you get those people in your life is like latch onto them because they want the best for you and they want to see you grow and they're recognizing something in you that you're not recognizing in yourself yet well thank you so much again for spending time with us today Aoife we really appreciate it it was wonderful hearing all your stories and advice really appreciate it wife and yeah. <laughs> oh no I've, ma- I've made a big mistake again but yeah and thank you to our dearest listeners for tuning in to hear what we had to say today um and if you want more fizz buzz you can follow Ooh. us on all of our socials so fizz podcast at instagram.com instagram. we've got it at twitter twitter and gmail.com Gmail. if you want to send us a cheeky email and you know ask us questions and then we also now are accepting coffees what does that mean mo coffees are like money (laughs) (laughs) basically we are saving up like uh little penny pinchers Mm -hmm. or penny savers or what's the what's the phrase Penny pinchers. Oh, penny pinchers. Oh, yeah. God. See, yeah. I should trust I should trust myself. <laughs> like little penny pinchers. And we want to buy stickers for yeah. all of you listeners mm-hmm. that we love very dearly. Um, so the more coffees we get, the more stickers we get. Uh, so, so yeah. yeah. I think we'll have a link to our coffee on Instagram. Or we might post it on Twitter or something like that. So that... If you feel like giving us buying us a coffee, well, you'll know that that money's going straight to stickers, and then um, yeah, we'll have some cool Fizz Buzz merch to hand merch. out. Merch swag, swag, so exciting. Yeah. So yeah, I think that's it for us. So as we sign off, don't, don't be a dick and make money. money. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Thanks, you. Bye. Bye.